Hi, everyone. Welcome to School of the Mighty and the podcast this week with lessons from the battlefield. I'm Tori. I'm Ben. And today we're going to be talking uh, about some of the first steps, the real steps, the the practical steps to actually being mighty or becoming mighty. What does that mean as a man or woman in modern society, right? We talk a lot about being mighty like David's mighty men, but how does that become relevant to our lives and to the culture around us? How can we actually step into becoming mighty uh, in, in a world that um, really needs to, to encounter the, the mighty one, the God of um, the world to Jesus, the King of Kings, right? So we're going to be talking about that today uh, in, in our podcast. So let's go. Mm-hmm. So one of the first, we were kind of praying through this and talking through this earlier this week. And one of the first things that um, really, if you look at David, right, we like to use him as the, the example to, to point to rather. And one of the things that he did that, you know, regardless of all his great exploits or songwriting, um, all the things we remember him for that might be monumental, that might mark someone as a mighty man or woman or a hero in even in today's society or make someone memorable in history books. Um, one of the things that he did that was paramount, that was foundational, was that uh, he sought God, put God, his relationship with God, first it wasn't just an afterthought he he sought god regardless of his state of mind regardless of his you know failings regardless of his mood um he sought that relationship and that intimacy 24/7 and there's so many amazing scriptures about it uh psalms 27:8 psalms 63:1 1 there's another in Psalms 15 that, you know, he talks about just putting God in front of him, basically facing him and coming to him, um, no matter if he was praising him or he was asking him questions or he was expressing his frustrations. Um, that's the first step truly to becoming mighty that we're learning from. And that I know that I don't personally do all the time is to just be brave enough to go to God in every moment of the day. Yeah. I mean, David's David had this overwhelming urge to seek after God all the time. And, uh, and we, we say that we do that, but I don't, I think a lot of the time we don't, I think a lot of the time we, we want to want to seek him. Mm -hmm. And if that makes sense. I think we have a tendency to, in our hearts, we know a a good Christian is supposed to want to seek God all the time. Yeah. And I think, but I think a lot of the time we, we don't want to, we want to want to, Yeah. uh, but we don't always want to. Right. And and a lot of time, maybe we don't even know how. Right. Um, You know, David scribbled out these Psalms and when he's hiding out in the cave, like in, like Psalm 63, when he's talking about um, you, God, I, I'm earnestly seeking you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you, um, you know, in a, in a dry and parched land where there is no water. He's he's seeking out. He's comparing his longing for, for God 
um, as a, like a person longs for water in a desert mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, have any of us ever been to that point? Right. Um, and if we have been to that point, what did we do about it or other than wine? Mm -hmm. Um, did we, did we, I mean, I hate to use this cliche, but did we diligently seek him? Whatever that means, did we pursue him? You know, um, I think some of the most honest prayers ever is in in terms of our relationship with the Lord. It's not like we're hiding anything from him. So he knows this in our hearts already, but some of the most honest prayers we could ever or ever pray is like, God, help me to want to love you more. Yeah. Give me a desire to seek you more. Um, I want to want to love you. Yeah. I I want to want to seek you out. Like I, I don't even have the desire. I know I should, and I need it. Um, uh, you know, Jesus made the comment of, about uh, the fact that nobody calls God Lord, unless the Holy spirit, re you know, reveals that in their heart. So it's like, okay, if, if I can't get myself pro provoke my own heart and my own spirit to want to desire you and want to seek you out, then, you have to do that for me. Right. Give me the desire to, to want to diligently seek you. Yeah. And I think another side of that too, is we're taught there's so much around, especially in modern church and, and there's this with the spirit of religion or the tradition of just religion of, um, that is not of God, right. It teaches us to, uh, there's healthy elements of it, like being disciplined and seeking the Lord, but think there's so much of it that takes the joy out of seeking him that takes the joy out of knowing him mm -hmm. you know when you if you're married to your your best friend it's supposed to be an adventure and fulfilling and you're constantly thinking of ways to you know love each other and date each other and pursue each other and work through things um, and even in confrontation, there's a deep desire underneath to understand each other and work through those things and, and, and deepen that intimacy. Yeah. I mean, and a good question to all of you that are married out there is if you're not married to your best friend, why not? Not to say that you made a bad choice in marriage. We're not implying that at all, but if you've got, if you have a spouse, but label someone else your best friend because they understand you better. Yeah. Then, then that needs to shift. Yeah. There, there needs to be something that needs to shift in your marriage where you prioritize that person and re that relationship over the one that, whatever, whoever that best friend may be. If that person, if you, if you were to answer that statement I just made with the reply of, well, that they understand me better, mm -hmm. then that needs to be a shift in in what you and your spouse dynamic needs to look yeah. like that you need to understand your spouse better than you do your quote-unquote best friend yeah and they need to understand you better yeah than that it, it you know because it, it that's a whole another teaching yeah um but but but, but the, the the fact of the matter is is that effort needs to come to show we need to show effort in in understanding the lord and yeah. pursuing his face in deepening our, our relationship with him. And, and like you said, if, you know, in relation, if you're relating that to like a marriage relationship, you know, yeah. it, it takes effort. It takes work. And, but, but also a lot of the time, even when you don't want to do it, but also, you know? when, but also think about this too, when you, when you have your best friend, it, 
you're excited. You think about the things that you could do together. And even when you hurt one another, you you're Mm -hmm. constantly again, like wanting to wanting things to improve and get better and learn each other. And I think that with God, a lot of times what I was referring to with religion and church is like, it takes the, the, his qualities that exist away from him. We don't, we don't register that if we are joyful, he's joyful 24 seven and he has depths and layers of that, that we can't even comprehend that he needs to invite us into. Yeah. I mean, the reluctance to connect with him and a laziness that comes across over us a lot of the time when we just don't show the effort. Yeah, is you're right. It's, it's exactly related to the fact that we've forgotten how incredible he is. Yeah, it's we're afraid it, the impact of how and the depth of of how awesome he really is. Yeah, it, how good he really is all the time. All the time, his incredible love for you that never lets up. That it's yeah. utterly relentless. That we forget that stuff. We get complacent. We get lazy, mm-hmm. and and we just forget how good we have it in relationship with him. Yeah. And I mean, we do that in relationship with people. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like some, some, some of you are head over heels for your spouse, or at least you were at one point mm-hmm. and you grow complacent relationship because it grows overly familiar. Yeah. And you forget how good you really have it and you forget to pursue them. Right. You, you take your foot off the gas and it's like, you know what? I, I, I forgot, you know, the depths of love that I had at one point. For this person or or i would have gone to any length at one point to be near him or her yeah and now that i am always around him or her i've eased off because it doesn't it doesn't mean as much to me anymore you know um sometimes i think we're over indoctrinated yeah so much so in church circles that the newness and goodness of god does aren't as awe-inspiring as they should be you know yeah and i think the one major thing too is i think i heard recently i was watching a video of um stephanie gretzinger i always say her last name wrong but (laughs) she was talking about how um you know when you meet someone and you who truly knows the lord you can tell they've been in the presence and they have there's a difference between having god's favor on your life you know you just you have favor the favor of the lord because you're his child but that's different than having his blessing. And I think that that's the one thing that David, if we look at him in scripture, really understood. He mm-hmm. knew that God was always going to be there, but he was constantly, and this goes to the next part of how can you actually be mighty today? How, what does that actually mean? You know, where it starts with us, it starts with our heart before it, even before our family, even before, you know, our ministry, it has to start with that, with our, being able to look at ourselves and he, he was constantly going to the Lord of search my heart. You know, I, I, Mm. I understand that we have a relationship, but I need your, your ways are higher than mine. And I surrender to you. And that next point is, you know, being bravery looks like being able to say, you know, I bear my heart and my soul Mm -hmm. to you, God. And I, I'm going to embrace my, the way that I am and say, refine me uh and yeah yeah i mean i think it's sometimes it's it's easy for us to go to prayer time when we have it whatever that may look like for us and we pass over our own flaws um maybe because we just don't want to talk about them face them yeah so we do like if we even ask god for forgiveness it's like a general just forgive me for my sins we don't we won't we won't specify because it's ugly yeah and 
you know, David had this way of just really being transparent before the Lord and yeah. a way of seeking God. And he wrote about it in Psalm 139 when he said, search me and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Mm -hmm. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's, it's a, you know, God, look at my heart, look at who I am, just raw and bare bone and, um, and just, you know, you, you judge for yourself the kind of person I am and, and help me to walk with you in the way that I need to walk. Yeah. You know? Um, running from that or going into denial and that is, does nothing but hurt you. It, yeah. You know what I mean? God sees your heart anyway. Yeah. So when we go into like this denial of, or pretending we don't have stuff going on or pretending we don't yeah. have our own flaws. Um, and the thing is, is that's supposed to, here's the thing is, is, is recognizing that stuff and being utterly raw and transparent, being brave enough to do that in self-reflection is not supposed to bring condemnation on you. It's supposed to bring a reality of how much he loves you. Yeah. It's supposed, it's supposed to bring to a reality of grace. Free. Yeah. It's supposed to set you free because he loves you through that. Yeah. He loves you despite it. It's not, it's yeah. not the, you know, let me fix it on my sin and try to fix it myself because honestly that is taught a lot. You know, mm -hmm. let's just look at our, the, you know, we're so terrible and there's a reason, our sins there's and, a reason all those books in, in a bookstore are called self-help books Yeah, is because we're, you, the world has twisted it in only you can help you. Right. And it, and that's not reality. Right. And, it, and the lie with the even circular per that's permeated the church has also said, you know, we've got to you know, oh gosh, I've got this sin habit and fixate on it versus registering. Okay, God, you've got something better for me that I can give this to you and put this at your feet. It's, it's, it's not, the goal is to face reality, but not to allow that mindset or habit to dictate your life. Right. And I think that that's what David did well, is he lived his life with intention and purpose and was brave and lived out loud. And yes, he was flawed, but he didn't let that stop him. And so he said, okay, God, I'm brave enough to say, clearly this is an issue, but I love you. I know you love me. You cleanse me. Let's keep going. Yeah. And that's how we're supposed to live as believers. It's never perfection, right? I think sometimes we, for example, maybe you don't feel qualified because you and your spouse got in a fight and then you're supposed to do something ministerially or you feel that prompting of the Holy spirit, but you say, okay, I'm not going to go pray for that person because I just had a fight with my spouse. Yes. Go fix that. Yes. Go obviously reconcile with your spouse, but also at the same time, it doesn't disqualify you from loving other people mm -hmm. like Jesus. We're human. I, mean, I think we, I think we do that a lot yeah. in Christian circles. I mean, I, I, don't I, do. how, I don't know how many times I've sat in church services when they're taking the, the, or they're taking communion and they tell everyone, Look, if you're if you're walking in sin or dealing with sin issues or you're holding resentment towards people and stuff, you need to you, you shouldn't be taking it. Yeah. And it's like, isn't this what the cross was for? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like if we're if we're not supposed to come to the Lord in this, then when are we supposed to come to the Lord for? Yeah. I mean, I get the whole idea of we need to take communion with the right mindset and the right set. heart. Yeah. I'm not speaking against that, but what I am saying is that we have this tendency to to demand perfection from from ourselves from especially from others we yeah. do it more to others than we do for ourselves yeah. and we definitely do it for christian leaders yes. which is just utterly impossible uh and when god is talking or when the lord is looking for people after his own heart like when he did when he said david is a man for my own heart 
we have to remind ourselves that God's outside of time. When God made the statement that David was a man after his own heart, he already knew the horrible things David would do later. Yeah. He already knew that he would have an affair with a married woman and then have that married woman's husband killed. Yeah. I mean, he already knew that David would have these horrible falls and decisions and still said it anyways. Yeah. So being a man or a woman after God's own heart has nothing to do with perfection. It has to do with pursuing his heart and yeah it has has to do with owning your owning your shortcomings and giving that stuff to the lord david quickly did that yeah and and that's that's all we're saying yeah um david wrote about it in psalms uh of course he wrote about everything in psalms but psalm 15 he asks the lord a question who can who may dwell in your sacred tent or live on your holy mountain those who walk blameless who Mm-hmm. who do what who do what's righteous yeah who speak the truth from their heart who don't under slander who don't do the wrong to their neighbor who don't slur on, on others who despise a vile person but honors those who fear the lord um and it goes on and on it he's not talking about perfection he's talking about the pursuit of righteousness and quickly repenting yeah and you know david had this profound insight that even when he was at his worst he would seek the lord quickly seek the Lord and you and you only have I hurt right. and sinned against. Yeah. Um, and I think that that that's part of the next point of this is the next part of practicality. If we can give you that really for um, being mighty today, what does that look like? And what Ben was just saying is practicing integrity and mm-hmm. righteousness. It's, it's your character just becomes developed over time, but it's, it's the, it is the daily choice to do the right thing even when no one's looking but it's also there's you know that scripture that that's one that I feel that God has really put on my heart in James 4 17 where it says so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him it is a sin so there's even layers and levels of conviction is that you know maybe something's not technically let's say a blanket sin but in our if we feel that that's not what we're supposed to be doing and we do it anyways. Right. And so I think the beauty of looking at David's life is he was so intentional about, I want to do what pleases you, Lord. And he Mm -hmm. fought for that. Mm -hmm. And I think today there are few men and women that we see, but the ones that, that do this, it is so obvious that they live with intention to, to do the right thing because they have a deep conviction yeah. of what's right and what's wrong because they know that the, the honoring the Lord is serious. I mean, the, the here's the thing is, is integrity and righteousness are an internal issue. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're really walking in those things, it's displayed outwardly. Yeah. And if you're around people enough, they'll see it displayed through your behavior and your words and your actions eventually. Um, but when God told, when God told um, Samuel when he was sending him out to anoint him, or to anoint a king, and tell Samuel like, don't, don't look at the outward appearance, yeah, because I look at the heart, yeah. Um, a lot of time we take that away for that moment as meaning, you know, don't look at how handsome these guys were. He wasn't looking at physical appearances; he was looking at their heart, and that and that applies. But what he's also what God was also talking about in that moment too is he was talking about integrity. Yeah. He was talking about the internal workings of the heart of the people that we would typically be like, well, they would be great leaders. And God's like, no, that's not the integrity I want. Right. David has the integrity I want. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's not, you know, well, these people come across as being perfect. Well, that's great, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm yeah. not looking at the outward appearance. I'm looking at the heart. Right. David, David's sin was all over him when he sinned. Yeah. The whole nation would see it when he did mm-hmm. it. I mean, when he would blow it, everybody knew it. And yeah. David owned it quickly. Yeah. And that's what God recognizes. He does. When it says that he's looking at the heart, that's what he's looking at. Yeah. He's not looking at someone who outwardly appears pious and holy. Yeah. Or who has a certain education yeah, or, or who isn't her, who seems, you know, like you said, if you can lead people well, it's yes, that's, I guess those things are good to have. It's good to be, a you know, got leadership, have leadership qualities, but it's, it's, again, it's, it's not so much about what you know and how you appear in front of others. It's so much about the choices that you will make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I think we undervalue that Uh, what's happening, what's happening in our world now, especially in the American church in this generation is uh, we are valuing charisma over character. Yeah. We're looking at leaders who will, who can entertain us. We're looking at people who have just this, this vibe where they get up front and they're like, wow. And you're all struck by them. Or even being eloquent. Christian celebrities have risen to an all-time high. Yeah. Is what's happening. Yeah. And what's happening is, not to say that there's not value or even integrity in some of them, but many of them, it's a performance. Right. Many of them, Christians are more caught up in, wow, we went and saw so-and-so last night and they were amazing. I actually got to meet him or her. It's like, so we're basically talking about Hollywood stars now. Yeah. This isn't even about Jesus anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And right. the Lord never intended that. Mm-hmm. Paul argued that all the time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because at one point the churches are arguing over how important some of them are because so-and-so baptized us and so-and-so baptized yeah, us. Right. Paul had to go into a breakdown of like, I don't even remember baptizing many of you. You know what I mean? Because they were name dropping to be popular. Yeah. And that's risen at an all-time high now. And what's, what's happened is because we're so focused on that, it's making a very shallow church. Right. And when the American church comes under major persecution, which is probably closer than we think, we talk about that a lot on this podcast, but um, when that time really comes, where are the Christian celebrities going to be? When your church closes, right? you know, is so-and-so and so-and-so that you've been watching on videos, are they going to be there to help you through it? No. Right. It's This is about you and the Lord now. Yeah. Walking out your own salvation. Yeah. Your integrity, what it looks like to deep down in your heart between you and him. Can right. you walk through that and survive it? Can you stand strong in it? Will your or will your loyalty to the Lord fade right. or waver because of fear or wanting to fit in right. or whatever? And it's that's 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 really what this is about. Well, and because truly what people need is they need to to not they need to know that you you genuinely care and you genuinely will take an interest in their lives and love them. And again, this is not about you necessarily. There's so much we could go on a rabbit trail with this, but what we mean is it's not about us going out into the world to bring people into a church building. It's about us leading people into an encounter with Jesus and reflecting God's heart for them. And you can do that in a Walmart. You can do that at a gas station. You can do that through developing a relationship with your coworkers, mm-hmm. right? It's, I think that we need to, as mighty men and women, practically, again, we're talking about that a little bit today, that integrity and righteousness shows through when we love people and not expect them to 
be a certain way because they don't yet know the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, oh my goodness, what are these people doing? I can't believe that. Well, if they just came to my church, it would be, it would yeah. be better. It's, right. it's not about that. Right. So anyway. So, so well, lastly, really just one more point we really wanted to make was more of a practicality thing is God designed our relationship with him in such a way that if you really want to take steps in um, growing in, in, in the mightiness of the Lord and going forward in what we're talking about with look, practicing integrity and righteousness and being very brave with yourself and with the Lord in terms of how open you are with him about your own heart um, and, and then living from the inside out in that way. One great step to take in doing that is humility. Yeah. God designed our walk with the Lord, with him in such a way that humility is a, is a major uh, sifting tool or a major filter in yeah. which you can pass most of your behavior through to see if it's judged properly. <laughs> if you can, if you can truly be humble, I'm not talking about false humility where you brag to people about the good you're doing for other people. That's no. false humility. I'm talking about genuinely just thinking of others over yourself. Um, yeah. A great example of that with the mighty men is one is a, that tale in second Samuel 23, we've brought it up more than once where David makes a comment about wanting water from Bethlehem's well and his, and his buddies go and fight through enemy lines just to go get him water. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's like the act of utter selflessness without being asked to, without be, being expected of you. We're not talking about obligatory servanthood yeah. where people are working at the church. And so you feel obligated to pick up a chair and help put it away. We're talking about just actively right. uh, thinking of others other than yourself. Um, That'll really, that is, that, that quickly reveals the heart. Right. It, and, it does. Yeah. If you're fighting against that in every way or coming up with reasons in your mind, why, why it's uncomfortable, why you don't want to do it, why you don't have the time, then that should tell you everything you want to know about where your heart's at right now. Yeah. And again, that starts with just your day to day, the people that you encounter, your family first, right? Your, mm -hmm. your home unit. Uh, and then the people that you have to work with believers right. or not right there's so many scriptures that on this but one of my favorites is first peter 122 that says having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth mm. for a sincere brotherly love love one another earnestly from a pure heart and it talks about there's so many other scriptures too that talk about those that especially those like that persecute you or your enemies and that is not easy to do because mm. the people that are against us or that irritate us or annoy us the most are the ones that it's not that we, I think we get this wrong. It's not that we let them necessarily walk all over us. We're not talking about that. There's, you have to, we should stand up and fight for what's right. Right. Especially if it threatens our family and our loved ones. But what I'm saying is that it, not engaging and, and causing dissension for no reason, but being willing to show love to those people, especially the ones that offend us and mm -hmm. hurt us the most. Um, it reflects the heart of the father. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's just a good way to evaluate where your own heart is. Yeah. Because, um, and why is that? Why is that a good test for judging your own heart and your own, um, self-reflection is because Jesus said that 
um, people will know that you love me when you love each other. Yeah. So it's like, if you can serve other people without effort, yeah, then your love for the Lord is genuine. It can be genuine. Yeah. Um, if it, if you can't, then, then there needs to be some real self-evaluation there. Right. Um, and it's a growing process. Not to say that you're just going to either be humble or you're not no. You're going to be selfless or you're not because all of us are in that journey between those two points. But yeah. Um, and, but again, that goes back to what we said in the beginning. You ask the Lord, help me to serve people and want to do it. Yeah. Help, give me the desire to do that. Like it, that's, that's real yeah. conversation. With Let's, God. Maybe to give it quickly, real life example before we go. Um, cause we always like to leave questions mm-hmm. in these, in, in these emails and on the, the post for you guys to reflect with what the topic that we talk about today, we encourage you to ask Holy spirit to, you know, help you. How can I actually apply this stuff to my life? What does this look like with you uh, in, in relationship with you? But for example, right, maybe you have a family member. There's two ways you can look at this, right? The there's maybe you have a family member um, who is not a safe person mm-hmm. and they, maybe they're toxic or there's an abuse, abusive nature. We're not saying you consistently go in front of them and put yourself basically like running in front of a bus or a train yeah. in harm's way. That's foolish. That's foolish. That that's not, not what we're suggesting. Not, we're not talking about, that's not humility. No, that's, that's a, a masochism. Right. It's like you're putting yourself there to get hit and beat on on right. purpose. And, and that is not, that's yeah. a, just abuse. That's, that's not right. what we're saying. And so handling those, you put the wall up, you put the boundary up of how much they can actually connect with you. Yeah, you have to do that. But when they come up in your heart, it's a consistent Lord. I release them to you. Mm-hmm. Help me to see them like you see them, even if you don't want to, even if it's hard and even if you have to do it a hundred times a day. Right. But then there's those other people who just really great on your nerves mm-hmm. <laughs> or who frustrate you and you can't understand them yeah. or you, you just say you have to be around them and they bother you. Those are the ones mm-hmm. that you, we have the opportunity to. And as I say this, you know, people get brought to mind and mm-hmm. it convicts me and it makes me say, okay, Lord, today, this person, how do you see them? Mm-hmm. You made them this way. I want to bless them. Is there something that I could say or do that would honor them and with no expectation of anything in return that would just reflect your heart and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and if, when you start putting that as your goal, stuff shifts people notice it shifts you and that's the point it's supposed to create in me that clean heart and renew the right spirit within me that's what that means so (laughs) let this stuff let this stuff sink in deep take time to think about it take time to reflect with with the holy spirit ask him to kind of highlight stuff that he wants you to to address or talk to him about um or repent for or go and take action about and again check over these reflection questions we have uh, connected with this and um, let them walk through those with the Lord and let those kind of um, be a guide uh, through the next steps you you need to take to just, I don't know, the whole point of this is just to deepen your relationship with him in a way that empowers you, but also makes you genuinely in love with him. Yeah. And, and we can do, we do nothing but encourage that. That's what, all we really want. And that's what the world needs right now Yeah, is mighty men and women who don't they aren't known for what they're standing against they're they're known for what who who they stand for yeah. and and the world needs that more than ever yeah. so be, be encouraged in that yeah. yeah and excited about that let that excite you don't let condemnation come in as god reveals things because he's not about condemnation um and even if you're the only one 
doing this even if you're the only yeah. one who's on fire in this way yeah you're not alone be encouraged know we, that we have a tendency to tell to say this a lot but keep in mind that to if you feel in your heart that you that god's making you a mighty man or god's making you a mighty woman keep in mind that that's a rarity yeah it isn't because god only has specific people chosen for that it's because we usually disqualify ourselves and there's a reason why there's several million is Hebrew soldiers in David's day, but only 30 mighty men. Yeah. I mean, that's not even 1%. Yes. So if you feel alone in that, you're in good company. Yeah. That's exactly. Don't that's give the, up. That's the typical statistic for being mighty as far as the Lord is concerned. It's a rarity. Yeah. And we encourage you actually to press in. If yes. you feel that way, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. So we right. just are happy to, that you joined us and we are excited to hear from you. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Yeah. All right. Have a fantastic week ahead. See you later. Bye, guys.